When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network look who's here i'll give you a hint hall of fame chicago bears sammy sosa no 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 football coach the 1986 85 85 bears to a super bowl victory it's mike ditka you know sammy sosa hey zip it kid i'm a coach that knows about winning i'm gonna push you guys like you've never been pushed before. Something I wish I was dead. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. I eat quitters for breakfast and I spit out their bones. Delicious. Now this is gonna be the hardest, most difficult thing you ever attempted in your entire life. But you know what, when it's, it's over. get emotional. When it's over. When it's over. You guys are gonna be champions. Champions. By God, you're gonna be champions. All right, everybody up. Come, Come on. on. Hands in. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Let's go out and kick some butt. Here we go. On three. Let's have fun. One, two, two three. three. Let's, Let's have, have fun. fun. Let's have fun. What's that? From South Bend, Indiana, it's Sports Yak. This is Jimmy Short. And now, here's your host. Let's be happy, Corey Mann. Corey Mann, an Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie. And away we go with episode 89 of the Sports Yak. Oh, it's the Mike Ditka episode, Oh, go on. Michael Keller Ditka out of Pittsburgh, PA. The tight end for the Chicago Bears. Then he goes down to Dallas and wins a Super Bowl there and returns 
as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, leading them and one of the great teams ever to the Super Bowl twenty championship, Michael Keller Ditka. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into baseball. That seems to be a lot happening over the weekend and plenty to talk about. Cubs won two in a row over the weekend. David Bodie a couple of home runs on Saturday as the Cubs were able to beat Arizona. Now, Joe Madden's doing this new thing this year where he kind of puts out a lineup for a series and sends it out to the team so that the people are aware of what day they're playing. Okay. Ben Zobrist watches David Bodie hit two homers on Saturday and goes in to talk to Madden Sunday morning and says, you know, I know you make out these lineups for the series ahead of time, but David Bodie's swinging a great bat right now. He should play in front of me. So Madden readjusts his lineup and puts Bodie into the lineup and uses Zobrist as a pinch hitter later in the game. Well, Zobrist goes two for two, including his first extra base hit of the season, <laughs> a double into the right field corner. Cubs wind up pulling one out in 15 innings against Arizona by a count of 6-5. to five. Until the 15th, the Cub bullpen was incredible. Did a terrific job against Arizona. Uh, in the 15th, Ryan runs into some trouble. Alan Webster has to come in and get the final out. But the Cubs take two out of three from a good Diamondbacks team. And now they've got the day off today before heading to Seattle. Also baseball. The White Sox finally got some great pitching. Ronaldo Lopez with an incredible start. He had 14 strikeouts against the Tigers, 20 strikeouts for the White Sox staff in that one. That's a team record for a nine-inning game. And the White Sox beat the Tigers yesterday by a count of 4-1. to one. Sox still on the struggle bus, though. They have the third-worst record in the American League. Uh, did you get to see John Lester at all over the weekend? Uh, I watched him pitch in the game, I believe it would have been Thursday, that he pitched against the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Five innings, one run, didn't really show any ill effects from the hamstring injury. Uh, so he looked solid. Hugh Darvish threw very, very well on Saturday night, which was finally something out of him. I believe that's his first win of the season. And then uh, yesterday, I thought Quintana threw the ball pretty well, gave up a couple of home runs, so he couldn't get the decision. But overall, uh, Jose Quintana continues to to give the Cubs solid innings. Can I throw you an Iowa Cubs wow moment? Sure, go ahead. They had a double header against Nashville yesterday. In the first game, they lost three to seven. In the second game, they won nineteen to five. And how many did they score in the first inning? 15. Oof. 15 runs in I, the first inning. Dude, I broadcast a game like that last year, and not where the team I was broadcasting for was scoring. And those just, they eat you up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, South Bend Cubs. Won a doubleheader yesterday, 6-1 uh, and 11-2. They have been scoring runs in bunches. I think this is something like now... Eight straight games where they've scored at least five runs. The pitching has been up and down, although Braylon Marquez threw the ball very, very well yesterday. He's a prospect to keep an eye on. And so they get the day off today, and then they have to go to Iowa for six games this week, although we'll see what the weather is like 
to the west of here because I know we're expecting, what, two and a half to four inches of rain this week, according to some of the weather prognosticators. Notre Dame baseball over the weekend as well. Beat North Carolina State by a count of 4-1 to one yesterday. Cam Brown and Tommy Vale combined for a solid pitching performance. The Irish uh, chiseling out some runs. North Carolina State came into this weekend ranked number 14 in the country. This is Notre Dame's second series victory this year against a team ranked in the top 15. The Irish are 500 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Their problem has been beating teams outside of the conference. They really have very little, if any, starting pitching depth. And so they've kind of had to shuffle that crew around a little bit, and it didn't help them when Cole Komet came up with a an elbow injury. And so he took himself out of the lineup. And uh, the Irish still, I believe, are something like 19-23 and 23 for the season. So still below 500 for the year, but competing very well in the ACC. And the big gun of the ACC, Louisville, comes in this weekend for three at Frank Eck. Celtics are still as hot as all get out. Let's jump into the NBA. Boy, I'll tell you what. They went into Milwaukee yesterday, and of course the Bucks are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And Boston rolls in there and whoops them by about 20. And first of all, I think Brad Stevens is the best coach in the Eastern Conference and one of the top three in the NBA. Uh, I think you take Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Brad Stevens, those are all terrific coaches. So Stevens goes in and they execute the game plan very well against Milwaukee, get off to a 17-point lead. Bucks come all the way back in the first half to tie it up, but then in the second half, Boston just takes command. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and that whole unit, which dominated the Pacers in that series, show they're not messing around. You know, Boston's in a unique situation, Corey, in that the Red Sox won the World Series last year. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. And the Celtics and Bruins are both in contention for titles in their sports. So they're looking for the Grand Slam, which has never been accomplished by a city before. Golden State, uh, did you see Did you see that real quick uh, Steve Kerr press conference? The music was too loud. And so he said, hey, can you turn that down? And then it started going up louder, and he's like, what's going on? And one of the players is like, no, you don't turn that down. We're practicing. And someone says, well, now we know who runs the team. <laughs> and he goes, apparently not me. That's kind of the truth in the NBA, quite yeah. frankly. However, Golden State wins the opener of that series 104 to 100. Kevin Durant really carrying that team yesterday. Steph Curry was not that good yesterday and then wound up hitting a big three towards the end of the game. A lot of scrutiny about the officiating. I have to tell you, I didn't watch the game, so I can't comment that much about the officiating, but I know that's kind of the buzz on the Internet today is how the officiating really seemed to have a role in how that game went yesterday. You can use that reasoning in a lot of games without having watched and and scrutinized. I can't really speak to it. Uh, A little NFL tidbit for you. Yeah. I was watching social media pretty late Friday night because I wanted to see if people would stick to the don't ruin the end game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marvel had put out some social media stuff you could use on your Twitter or Instagram. And it was pretty decent. You know, there, there was a lot of showings, obviously, on Friday. But it was one Buffalo Bill player 
Did you see this? No. Gets in the car with his son and goes live on Twitter and just spills the tea on everything. All Why? The, because he just couldn't believe what they went and did to his oh, favorite. Oh, my uh, goodness. And uh, to the point where fans were, like, calling the head office of the Bills going, what do you think about suspending him for a game? <laughs> Apparently he didn't read the nerd uh, ethics. <laughs> Don't ruin the movie. I watched the video because I obviously knew what happened in the movie from Thursday night, but I watched it. I thought, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have. Well, obviously it was a huge weekend for the NFL with the draft. Let's first of all talk about some of the Notre Dame players yeah. who were drafted. Uh, Miles Boykin goes in round three to Baltimore. They could use a big physical receiver. Boy, the the Ravens really went after speed in this draft. Now, Boykin, not necessarily known as a speed receiver, he, he was a bit of the antithesis of that. Still, somebody that should be able to play right away for Baltimore and and help be a difference maker down the stretch. Julian Love falls to the fourth round and is drafted by the New York Giants in round four. Depending on how you feel about Julian Love, I've seen some people say, oh, well, that's a steal. And I've had other heard other people say, well, this shows why he should have come back to Notre Dame for his senior year. Apparently, a lot of people lost favor with Julian Love over that performance against Clemson in the bowl game. Uh, feeling like he should have been able to come back in that game sooner than he did and really hurt his team. And then he didn't test well in the combine, didn't test well at Notre Dame's pro day, and so his draft stock drops all the way down to the fourth round, uh, which is not what you would expect for somebody leaving school early who doesn't necessarily have a huge financial hardship. Now, that doesn't mean he can't go on and have a fine, successful NFL career, but it's not off to a good start. Drew Tranquil drafted in the fourth round. And to put this in perspective, here's Drew Tranquil, who has had not one but two major surgeries on his body and has been able to put himself back together in such a way that the, San the Los Angeles Chargers, I'll forever call them the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers decide to draft him in the fourth round. A lot of people don't expect him to get a whole lot of playing time other than special teams with the Chargers, but Tranquil's reputation and what they saw on film was so strong that the Chargers went ahead and took him that early. You then go down to round six, and Dexter Williams goes to the Green Bay Packers. Packers definitely need some running back help. So he might be able to get some playing time with that organization. And then the Saints take Alizé Mack in the seventh round. Alizé Mack, I always felt, was something of a disappointment in his Notre Dame career. You look at him and you say, oh my gosh, what a physical specimen this guy is. But he wasn't that great at catching the football. And these days in the NFL... Your tight end usually has to be more than a blocker. You've got to be able to go out and, and run some pass routes and catch the ball. Mack had a decent year last year with Ian Book, but still not the kind of breakout season anybody expected, but he adds to the legacy of Notre Dame tight ends taken in the draft. A couple of guys that surprised me that they weren't drafted. Tavon Coney 
the linebacker out of Notre Dame, but again, another guy that did not test well in the combine. And I think for most people, they believe he's a step slow for the NFL and a little bit on the undersized. And then uh, Alex Bars, the lineman from Notre Dame. Now, Alex Bars uh, lines up as an undrafted free agent in the Bears camp where Harry Heastand, the former Notre Dame offensive line coach, is the line coach. So if anybody is going to give him a fair shot, and the same is true for Bars and Sam Mustafer, it's Harry Heastand. Do you think Tranquil and Tillery enjoy the fact that they were recruited by the same team, or even though they're on the same team, they'll still be in such separate worlds because of their, you know, playing abilities and what they're going to be called upon to do? Oh, no, I think they're very happy. And Isaac Rochelle is on the Chargers as well, the former Notre Dame defensive end. I think they're very happy to have familiar faces around. And obviously, Tillery being a first-round draft pick, he's going to play. He's going to play right away. Tranquil, I think, will get some time on the special teams with the Chargers and maybe be able to work his way into the lineup. But I think it's always good when you have some familiarity around you, especially as you move into a different environment. I I think of Drew Tranquil growing up and going to Carroll High School down by Fort Wayne, Indiana, and now you're out in Los Angeles. What a culture shock uh, that has to be. And I think it'll be good for him to have some familiar faces around. A little bit later today, you're going to be nose deep in IHSAA announcements. Why don't we break that down to what you're looking at today? Well, to me, uh, this is one of the more fascinating days of the high school season because this is when the sectional assignments come out for football and boys and girls basketball. And we've kind of gone over, if you go back through previous episodes, how uh, some schools are shifting uh what class they are in. This is based on enrollment. This is based on success factor. It's it's based on a couple of different things. So, for instance, um, in a, not this year, but next year, when the two Elkhart schools combine, they both Elkhart schools currently in 5A, they'll compete in 5A one more year. They'll combine. The combined enrollment of the two schools will put them into 6A. So how does the IHSA handle that? Mishawaka, their enrollment has taken them from 4A to 5A. Where will they be assigned? How does the fact that Mishawaka leaves 4A and Clay leaves 4A affect sectionals here? How will they be shuffled about? Um, you know, will there be, how will, who will the South Bend schools compete with? Who will New Prairie compete with? things like that. And and that's just thinking about football. And then you get into basketball and there's other parameters as well. So finally, all the speculation goes out the window and you see who teams get matched up with, at least in terms of who they're grouped with in a section. So to me, it's it's kind of fun to see how it all shakes out and, and see what kind of new rivalries might be set up. Talk to me about the some of some rule changes that might happen. Well, the the one big one, and this one got the approval of I think ninety nine percent of the Indiana Football Coaches Association. They want to adopt the rule that that Michigan has been using, and I'm not sure if it's a national federation rule or not. But basically, a mercy rule for games that get out of hand. So if you're up by thirty five points or more in a game, 
there will be a running clock that will only stop on change of possession or scoring play. So team player running out of bounds or something like that, doesn't matter. We're running the clock. Uh, incomplete pass, doesn't matter. We're running the clock. The reasoning behind this is not, well, this game's over, let's all go home. It's more from the standpoint of, in a game like that, you want to play your JV kids anyway. And so you get your JV kids into the game, and it's probably going to be coupled with a rule that will allow JV kids, instead of playing five quarters in a week, to play six. So that if you're on the JV, you are allowed to play a couple of varsity quarters if a coach wants you to, and then a full JV game of four quarters. Hmm. And um, that only helps players, you know, the more you play, the better you get, the more you develop. And so I I have no problem with that rule at all. I've been, unfortunately, I've broadcast some games that have been in that category, and they're... They're not fun to broadcast. They're not necessarily fun for either side to play in. Yeah, obviously the winning team's having more fun than the losing team. But lots of times it's just like, let's get this thing over with and make sure nobody gets hurt. So that just basically will speed up your broadcast as well. Yeah, if if you wind up with one of those kind of games, sure will. We were talking the NFL draft. I wanted to just focus on our three teams. Um, And, you know, you can get in trouble grading a draft right after it happens you really don't know how good a draft was for probably five years after it happens okay but a lot of people giving very good marks to both the bears and the colts for the draft they had now remember the bears didn't have a pick till number 87 because they traded a couple of draft picks to oakland to get khalil mack which i think was a good trade for the bears so then at number 87 they take this running back david montgomery who will now be a workhorse running back along with Tariq cohen in matt nagy's offense and they feel like they can plug him in right away but the rest of the bears draft showed me that ryan pace the general manager of the bears looked at the bears last year looked at them in the postseason and said we've got to give mitch trubisky more weapons to work with we've got to give matt nagy more weapons to work with This kid they got out of Georgia in round four, Corey, mark my words, Riley Ridley is going to be a top-flight receiver in the National Football League. How he slid to round four is beyond me because he is really, really good. Colts kind of went focused on defense somewhat in their draft picks. Uh, They went out and got a couple of safeties, one from Michigan State, uh, they got Marvell Tell from USC. They got a linebacker. They did get the wide receiver Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. I like that pick. Um, so the Colts look at their situation and they say, hey, we need help on the defensive side of the ball, which has been the case for the Colts, what, since Peyton Manning played there, right? So that's been the case for a while, and, and I look for the Colts to continue to try to rebuild that defense somewhat. I thought the Lions started off well. They they drafted the kid that we talked about, TJ Hawkinson, out of Iowa to be a tight end for Let's Matt, be honest, Matthew the kid Stafford. You talked about yes, exactly. <laughs> um, after that, I I wasn't really wowed by the Lions draft, and it doesn't appear most of the draft experts were either. I see them getting a a B grade. Uh, there aren't 
honestly that many teams that get terrible grades for their draft, but it just stood out that the Colts and Bears both got A's for their draft, which, again, you know, who knows? Who knows until these guys actually show up and play? Somebody asked me the other night, I was at a dinner, and uh, a gentleman asked me, he goes, what do you think of the freshmen coming in for Notre Dame? And I said, I don't say anything about freshmen coming in until I actually see them in pads and play because, you know, I'm not expert enough to go around and look at the high school scene of cities that I'm not familiar with and say, well, you're playing good competition or you shined against that. I mean, sometimes you can put on somebody's film and say, wow, and and they look really great, and then you find out, oh, they were playing against a really bad team that day. So... I hold off on that, and I try to hold off on thoughts about the NFL draft until guys actually show up and play. But based on what I've seen of some of these guys in college, and Ridley for the Bears is one of them, I really think he's going to shine. Well, I want to cover music from 1989, because when I think of 1989 music, I honestly don't think of that much. I think one song that everybody knows from 1989 and everybody still adores okay from a little group down in georgia by the name of the b-52s <laughs> because that's the year that they opened up the love shack baby this is a roll down the window kind of song isn't it Boy, if there's ever a tribute tip of the hat to the Beatles, it's this one. The love train, lots of ghost to ghost. DJ's the man we love the most. We did a promotion for this record with Tears for Fears way back in the day. And they were going to play the Star Plaza Theater in Merrillville. Okay. Remember that place? Mm Mm-hmm. And the promoter double booked them, Chuck. No. So either a coin was flipped or something, but it was Tears for Fears at 3 p.m. and Howie Mandel at 8 p.m. Wow. And so all of these uh, con concert ticket winners, I had to scramble and let them know that it was a 3 p.m. show. This is pre-email. Oh, internet. yeah. So we had to run. You're making phone calls and run stuff on the air, making phone calls. And so we went to the show, and they were pissed. Like they came out in sweatshirts with hoodies, and they did the show. But I mean, you could tell it's 3 p.m. Yeah. But the big saving grace of the show, we all walked away with a giant sunflower to sow the seeds of love together. Oh, I love this song. Still love it to this day. All six minutes and 16 seconds. It's a long one. It's a long one. Until next time, sports fans. Ooga-looga. You've been listening to Sports Yak. This is Jimmy Shorts. Be happy. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.